I think now's the perfect time to have a, a sip of whiskey. Whiskey. Cheers. Cheers to the to the lens. Not that we're supporting uh, Donald Trump being kicked out. Or, or oh, I just spilled my whiskey everywhere. Fuck me. You oh, fucking shit. dickhead. Not that we're supporting Donald Trump or, or Joe Biden. I guess we're kind of neutral. But um, um, Donald Trump is out. It is official. Donald Trump is gone. Joe uh, Biden named the 46th president of... It's, it's, it's technically not official. Well, Technically not official until uh, mid-January, I believe. But with all the predictions and uh, even potential recounts, it's looking like Joe Biden will be the president of the the, the 46th president of the United States? Or yeah, 47th president of the United States. 46th president of... Oh. And Kalma Harris will be the first Madam Vice President. Yep, Madam, Madam Vice President. Um, uh, I think the first... The first ever woman in well no sorry the the she's not the first ever no, first she's the highest ever ranking yeah, woman ever, yeah. in uh, in American politics yeah yeah history. yeah um I think they there was a stat that said there hadn't there hasn't been like such a high ranking female in the United States government since like nineteen forty or something. well ever she's she's the highest ranking yeah. um female in American politics yeah, political yeah. history fucking hell. Well, anyways, Adam Kochi podcast. We're back. Me and Luke. We're doing. I'm yes. um, doing an episode with Luke today. He is the guest essentially. So it's me and him. How you doing? It's election day, week, whatever you want to call it's, it. We uh, are day. recording this on the the overnight. Uh, I think it probably would have been about four o'clock in the morning for uh, East Coast Australian time. Um, that news uh, news outlets started to declare that joe biden was the winner of the 2020 presidential yeah. election it's it's pretty much that we woke up this morning on yeah the 8th of, of november to say joe biden is a pr pretty much the president-elect and all the trump supporters are fucking up in arms um he's claiming falsely as all of the news people are saying how cautiously that he's claiming falsely that there's been fraudulent voting yeah large scale voter fraud large scale voter fraud and it's been a four days of like in intense um you know arguing i guess on both parties and yeah joe biden's been it's... saying uh uh you know every vote must be counted which i guess is true in a democracy every vote must be counted and and you've got trump saying fraudulent voting and don't count mail-ins and they're too late they're illegal votes and it's just been a fucking whirlwind yeah well there's been lots of um there's laws passed in different states to say when mail-in voting could be counted some of them started counting mail-in votes before the election uh, before election day some uh states weren't a or I, I think it even went into individual counties had different laws within states that, you know, they couldn't count mail-in votes until after uh, the election day votes were counted, which, yeah. in why, which is why in Georgia and in Pennsylvania, there was such heavy, uh, was such a heavy blue wave, they said, right at the end, because the mail-in votes were like between 75 to 90% Biden. So, yeah. Yeah. All, crazy. All, uh, 
it's been like it's been foreseeable that this was going to happen like and i've been following this for a while now because I'm, I'm pretty into world politics like there's a yeah. lot of fucking stuff happening around the world at the moment but obviously um, lots of stuff going on the u.s election is something that's ma massive for one the world but two obviously australia very close um, yeah. with, with the united states so i've been following this for a while it's been foreseeable that for for a while now joe biden's been hammering the you know the coronavirus uh, um you know response. topic and saying response and saying uh, don't don't vote on the day make sure you mail in your votes this is coronavirus stay inside you know you, your vote will be counted mail it in it'll be sent in get it in he's, so he's been hammering that yeah, he's been hammering Whereas that. donald trump has been hammering the the line of you know uh vote fraud is is prevalent with mail-in voting and don't do that you know it's it's high chance that, it, that the election could be rigged and he's throwing around all these crazy words so from day dot he's been saying to his supporters get in there in person on the day um vote your, your vote will be counted mailing votes are not going to be counted they, they're going to come in after the election day and so we could kind of see that we were going to get to a point where uh, a, a point exactly where we are yeah. so donald trump's uh, uh lead on election day was always going to be the case because his voters were going to come on election day and vote and there was going to be red possibilities across the whole of the united states um, obviously there's safe uh, states either way and swing swing voting states yeah. so we knew that there was going to be a donald trump lead in a lot of them swing states because of these in-person votes whereas biden was going to come in late with uh, uh mail-in votes and this is trump's fucking call out to everyone to say fraudulent voting and he claimed the win on election night and obviously now we're fast forward fucking like four days and because it's saturday four we're days getting, now we're getting the real count and he's fucking still going on down the legal route but it's it's insane you know is this good or bad for australia who fucking knows but um where we are i don't know either uh, for for australia for the world stage i think Donald Trump made the U.S. look like a little bit of a uh, a laughing stock, just the way that he he was, so. yeah. the way he was portraying himself, the way he was being more of a business, a ruthless businessman than a politician. But in saying that, I mean, he's probably the last president since what uh, Clinton that hasn't started a war. Or ha hasn't announced troops going anywhere? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people thought that he was going to start wars and, um, you know, incite lots of tensions around I the I mean, world. apart from a potential civil war that's coming in his own country, he hasn't in started a war on foreign soil. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently that's a better way to put it. it, it I mean, it, uh, if you look at um, what Obama did, um, a lot of people are very critical because Obama actually sent more troops into foreign lands, like more than uh, lots of other presidents have done. Yes. Um, and Donald Trump didn't do that, but obviously he's created tension and divide in his own country. He's also like, I mean, he was nominated for the Nobel Peace, Nobel Prize, Peace um, Prize. And he he's actually like, a, a lot of people do hate him um, and for very good reason. Like he's very, rude, very obnoxious, um, very good reasons. People hate him. He's, he has, it's arguable. You can argue like he's very bad, but he's also done some good stuff. Um, he's done a lot of um, peacekeeping, I guess, around the world. That's why he was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, but he's kind of angered his allies and strengthened relations with places that, you know, were kind of on the outside of the western world like yeah uh russia 
like North Korea, like uh, Saudi Arabia. Well, wasn't he the first president to actually um, go into North Korea and talk with King Kim Jong Un? Uh, I think he, pretty sure he was. Yeah, I think he was. He was the yeah. first. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty sure he is. Yeah, go bring, bring that up. I'm sure it's one of the things. I mean, I've been following this on um, the BBC um, podcast. They have uh, one called ABC Got to Start Now, uh, Start Today podcast. Um, I, I, I tend to follow the BBC and the ABC. And Donald tour, Trump in 2019 was the first president to go on to North, go into North Korea and meet with Kim Jong-un. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So like he's done like unprecedented things. And you know, he's also the first president to ever say, you know some bullshit about fucking grabbing by the pussy you know that that was a huge controversy have, you know fuck well his. i would say the first president to have sexual <laughs> sexual allegations put against him but no he's not we do have bill we do have bill clinton to, to give, thank give, give us give us your best bill clinton fucking uh... Uh, i did not have sexual relations with that woman <laughs> he's a fucking tosser um shouldn't say that there's lots of clinton lovers out there well hillary clinton was obviously not very popular because she fucking lost to donald trump so she is only the fifth candidate in history to win the popular vote but lose the presidency oh really yeah well actually um so i i, I guess it's a a positive thing um for america and democracy is that they had the most ever votes yeah um ever for an american election um and joe biden has won the most or has received the most ever popular votes and donald by, trump has received the yeah. most votes from a losing president yeah. ever so it's um it's not just that joe biden has received the most ever votes for a popular president but he's donald trump who lost so far we don't know that because we have to say um vote in the vote wise he yes lost. technically when the, when by the courts popular, decide by different popular things. vote it's going to be decided in the courts apparently fucking if you listen to rudy it's giuliani be decided in the courts i'm going to take <laughs> this... this to the highest level the supreme court and they will see that i have such <laughs> stupendous evidence that i will win this the presidency back. is a fraud on the american people <laughs> if you can't tell folks we are joking John donald trump has made baseless claims of fraudulent voting across the country he it may well turn out to be true but i mean who's going to trust the evidence that donald trump fucking brings it's forward? not baseless claims because they're found in every election that there's been yeah. voter fraud it's yeah, just yeah, whether yeah. the voter fraud is on such bigger of a significant scale that instead of it being swaying a couple of hundred votes or potentially a couple of thousand votes that it is now swaying tens of thousands of votes yeah so every every single election they find um voter fraud but they can't they can't stop that because they find they, people voting on other yeah. people's behalf they find mm -hmm. people so, registering people who have been dead for 120 years and voting it, for them. it's not that um like the D democrats or republicans actually um instigate this fraud in previous elections um people just take it upon themselves to vote for other people to register dead people and send in votes yeah. on their behalf uh, but what trump is claiming this time is that this widespread vote of fraud and it's being led by the democratic uh, yeah. government which that's what that's what is baseless now we always have voter fraud um in 
in the American elections and they always get caught out and they, the votes get, um, you know, fixed, the vote counts get fixed up, but um, it's never enough to sway the election. So like, I highly doubt this time that the only other time where it's been this close, where it's gone to court and they've scrutinized a lot of things was the 2000 election. Al Gore. Uh, Al Gore Gore. versus uh, uh, George Bush Jr. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure that went through the courts and that's because there was literally like hundreds of votes separating these people, not um, thousands. I think in one of the States, I can't be, I think it was like 600 votes I or something. I can't like be that. certain um, which state it was, but there was a state where uh, Bush only won by like 500 and or so votes. That was very, 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 very close. I'm going to um, up now. Yeah, I just tried to Google it now, but I don't really know what to Google, to be honest. Um, yeah, I just did... Um, Bush, ver- Bush versus Gore. Bush, um, Bush ultimately so, won with 271 electoral votes. He won by two electoral votes. Okay, so um, what I'm seeing here is uh, Bush versus Gore, 531 US, 98, was a decision yeah, of the Bush United States Florida. Supreme Court. Bush won Florida by 537 votes, which is a margin of point. Oh, oh, nine percent of the so vote. It was Florida that decided that, and obviously, we know Florida is a swing state, which Trump won again this year, um, or this election as this well as the election. The, I think this will be the first time in quite a while that Florida has not sided with the winner of the eventual president. Um, Ohio, Ohio is a big one. Um, Ohio has voted for um, the winner like every year since like 1996 or something um let's have a look ohio voting um history Uh, it might come up i don't know so i i hot sorry folks ohio so bellwether state and presidential elections uh since 1860 i uh, fuck me okay ohio has voted for the winning candidate, except for Grover Cleveland, in both nineteen in both eighteen eighty four and eighteen ninety two. Franklin D. Roosevelt in nineteen forty four. John F. Kennedy in nineteen sixteen. Joe Biden in twenty twenty. Ohio's presidential electoral vote has been declining for decades. Okay, so what they're saying is that so since eighteen sixty, they've only voted. The states only voted for the loser on one two three four five occasions since 1860 like that's the so ohio has been a a good kind of uh marker onto who's actually going to win because that state generally gets called fairly early Mm. in the race and obviously this year they've announced biden president-elect and ohio actually voted trump so um the system's a bit fucked over there in america um 270 electoral college votes. Um, so it's not actually the popular vote that decides who's president. Um, each state gets awarded yeah. uh, an, an amount of electoral votes, uh, college votes based on their population and things like that. So like yeah. 55 electoral votes goes to um, California. It's, and, not, it's not entirely. That's this year. That's, that's for this yeah. election. So it changes. Uh, each election they they do a, the population census and they base it off that. Uh, so every, like, every ten years they do a census. So it's technically okay, like yeah. every yeah. two elections they'll change so, the electoral vote. Um, if you're in Australia, we definitely don't go by an electoral vote system. Um, but if just to give you an idea, if we did, 
Um, obviously, New South Wales is the most populated state in Victoria. New South Wales would hold the, hold the most votes. Uh, Victoria being second, uh, Queensland being third, um, and then I would assume it's South Australia. I think Western Australia is before South Australia. I'm 100% sure. Anyhow, um, the idea is that if we did have that system, Victoria and New South Wales and Queensland would be the three states that would decide every election and pretty much fuck the rest of the country. That's kind of what happens in America where some states have so little uh, electoral votes allocated to them that they will never, ever have a decision yeah. in in well, changing nobody the, would have thought you know, that arizona and nevada would have a say in who become president and this true, year they had true. such a massive say true true like they, it's about between i think between arizona and nevada they have like yeah 18 electoral votes which is like a lot less than a lot of the uh, a yeah. lot of the uh states that are deciding things one thing that i want i want you to google this luke um to, to bring it up on screen is they'd never ever show the map of the actual so that the saying is uh land doesn't vote people do yeah so uh, the uh, map that you see so you know what i'm talking about the map yeah. that you see on television and, and everyone on the media is the full american map usa map with um the states fully filled in with the colors so if a state goes for trump it'll go red. If a state goes for Biden, it'll go fully blue. But it doesn't take into account the, the land mass versus the population. So if you actually look at the map um, uh, on population, um, I've seen this, this, uh, this map with the blue, look up county blue red bubbles. So um, the, the blue bubbles, which uh, is for Biden, based on the population are like much bigger and it actually outweighs the red so when you look at it you think oh my god it's red through the whole middle of usa but it's only like that because there's so much land and, and country out there that it's it's way more land than than the population whereas if you actually click into the states and look uh biden will win around the major cities and it'll look like the state is all red and then just the major cities are blue but the population in them cities is so high that they obviously outweigh the votes in them popular in them cities outweigh the the, the country. So that's how you start to get a, a, a country that looks all red, but a Biden's winning by just a few states because the population in them states is so high, especially in the major cities. Like if you look at Texas, um, you know Joe Biden wins uh, Austin. Um, Hang on, let's have a look at this. Sorry, so to make sure I I, I get it right. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'll share this. Keep so keep can... going with that, but hang on, hang on. I just want to bring this up. So Austin, Houston, San Antonio, El Paso, Dallas—they're all Texas. All of them major cities in Texas go to Biden. He wins all of them. He wins yeah. all of the major states in Texas. But yet, because of the size of Texas and the amount of rural votes going red trump won won it but like if you look at the major cities it's yeah, all got up yeah okay bring it up uh, there, there you, go. you go it's like austin is blue houston blue fort uh fort worth, fort worth. Dallas, blue all along this uh bottom edge is blue but i want to zoom in more on it you can't you you, you can't zoom in any in any more on that but you get the idea biden wins he so biden is like the the left of australia i guess not far left um, because but, i would say biden is probably closest to our uh, 
he's like an it's he's kind of like the cent he's he's like a, a mix left he's like labor mixed with liberal a he's bit. a mix of labor and liberal so like our our liberal like our our right of, of i guess of liberal like you know economy and money it's like a mix of bit of uh, of the democrats whereas republican like we don't really have republicans in any force in australia like donald trump is like far right for I, australia i would say our closest would be like the national party or pauline hansen one nation is probably our closest thing that we have to that ultra right yeah um I wouldn't say everybody in the Republican Party is an ultra right, is ultra right leaning. So, did you find that the map of the? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm having. I'm going to keep looking for it. I reckon it might be on Gar Guardian. Yeah. So the the whole premise of it is, land doesn't vote, people do. Um, land doesn't vote, people do. Right. Um, I've I just googled that and and we'll see what um. We'll see what comes up, but it's a it's a good thing to keep yeah, in mind when you're actually margin. Ah, okay. Hang on, hang on. I think I've got it. Share this. Hey, have you this, got? This is the one you're talking about, correct? Let's bring it up. It should be a, a moving, is this a moving the one? map. Hang on, let me just. Uh, yeah, that's the one. Okay. It shows the population for everyone for everyone on YouTube. Take a good look at your screen right now. Um, if you're listening to this, I'll explain it to you. So. It's not your generic map where they're coloring the whole state uh, red or blue. It's circles that represent the population of the areas that are voting. So it's not a full colored in map. Uh, it'll sh like if you have a look at the top right hand side of America, which is what you would call the West Coast, is it? No, hang on. Northeast or here? No, no, no. I'm talking about where New York is. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's the um, north, the the northeast, which is the original, co the original co northeast. So I was way fucking off. Goes to show you how much north, I know. Northwest is Washington, Oregon, Idaho. Okay, so now I'm talking yeah. about New York, Massachusetts, Ma Massachusetts, yeah, that, Maine, Virginia. That's generally always blue. Um, Democrat. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, Democrat. Yeah, Democrat is Biden. Um, so if you look at that, it's heavily, it's it's, it's full of blue circles. The population there is massive, so they generally vote blue. Flip to the whole other side of the country. You got California, Washington, Oregon, very progressive, all been blue for a while now. Major cities. They got major ma major cities with huge populations, big blue circles. You know, um, even if you look at, so we're just talking about, say Texas and Florida. They're probably two good ones to look at. Um, lots of rural red dots but very very large blue uh, circles in the major cities where there's big populations voting democrat biden so yeah. um but, i'm probably glad we don't have this system in australia because it means that you know melbourne sydney will probably melbourne sydney queensland so victoria new south wales queensland and more importantly melbourne uh sydney um, what would you say, Brisbane? Well, it, it would, would, actually, would decide at each election, but it, it's actually the way that they've structured it in America is it works the other way. So your large population should mean that you get more of a say because you've got yes. more of the people in the in your areas. But it actually works counterintuitive that way. So somewhere like if we look at the electoral, here, let me share this back with you. Bring it up. 
if I switch over to the electoral college vote system, yep. so here we go, these Texas, large population, 38 electoral votes, California, 55 total votes, New York, 29 total votes. They have large populations. But the amount of electoral votes that California holds should be more than 55 because it holds such a big population. Like yeah, so Alaska, Alaska has... The way it goes... It Alaska has three electoral votes, but like, look, they've counted the 50%. Like the population there is nothing compared to yeah. California. So the the states that have a less population, the, so the minimum amount of... My fucking camera went off. Bastard. The minimum amount of votes... Excuse my French. Have, hang on, hang on, hang on. I was just, I was just getting to that. Yeah. The minimum amount is three, is three electoral votes for a state. Correct. Um, excluding like... Oh. The, Everyone the gets two. Ma and what, get what are the ones that get one? It's like Maine gets one vote um, I think extra to the, their electorate or some bullshit Maine like that. Maine and... But if, if we forget that... District just, just, of Columbia? District of Columbia Maine and Maine get like Columbia. one extra vote for their districts or some bullshit like that. Anyhow, three electoral votes is the minimum. Okay? So for states that have a very small population, th the three electoral votes well over represent that state yeah and for a state like california with a huge population even though they have 55 electoral votes which is massive because second to them i'm pretty sure is texas with texas. like 32 uh and 38 florida, and then florida, 38 florida has 29 so them states and especially california are under represented which means they have such a large population of people that 55 electoral votes is like three to one. Whereas if you go to somewhere that has the three electoral votes versus their population, like they're, somewhere like uh, Montana, their vote is North worth Dakota. more. Yeah. Their vote is actually worth more. So yeah, it's, it's a flawed system. I don't know if they're ever going to change it, but um, it's very there, different to what we have there's, here. There's a thing that's going around. Um, what was it called? Nat there's actually a, a petition or it's a, it's a law that got passed under Clinton, I think. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's a way to kind of allow the population to vote a hundred percent. Whoever wins the, whoever wins the, um, whoever wins the popular vote will get all the votes. So it's like, um, they will, they will take the system and kind of allocate the, your, your votes in a way that instead of saying everybody gets all my electoral votes, it's, they will split mm. the electoral votes between like, okay, let's say California has 80% Biden and 20% Trump. Well, 80% of their electoral votes will go to Biden and 20% will go to Trump. So they're yeah. saying that that is a, is a better way, is a kind of a, a more fairer way to get the, the representation of everybody together. So, but it only kicks in if like a certain amount of states sign up to it. And so far, the states that have signed up to it are like 100% blue states, but they have to get like... I think it's tw if 26 states sign up to it, it kicks in and they have to do this with their electoral votes. So 
it doesn't overwrite the electoral system, but it yeah. tries to make it a more fairer way. So in swing states like Florida and Texas and um, Pennsylvania, instead of 20 votes going to whoever wins the state, in whoever wins the state, they'll say, okay, uh, Pennsylvania has this many people in, uh, or the, the cap what's the capital city of Pennsylvania? It is Pennsylvania. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah, it is Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Um, the main ones there are Philadelphia, Allentown, Pittsburgh, and Irie, Erie, yeah, which so, all went Biden's way. So like they'll turn around and say, well, Philadelphia has majority of our population. So therefore, you know, we'll, instead of taking the, um, instead of taking it from each county having one vote to then d decide who's going to win, we'll take it from the entire population to then yeah. split the electoral votes to say, okay, so um, let's say 50% of, or like 70% of the state votes Trump and 30% or, and 30% votes Biden. Well, they'll give 30% of the votes to Biden and 70% to Trump. So that way it distributes the votes more evenly rather than saying, well, Trump won by 70%. So you 30% people don't matter. We're just going to give all our votes to Trump. Mm. So they want to try and split it. It, it makes it a little bit more fairer. It doesn't make it a hundred percent fair because they're still using the electoral system. That's kind of makes not everybody's vote even, but it kind of makes it a little bit fairer that, you know, you don't have to, win the entire state to get some votes from them yeah I, it, it, will make it would it slightly easier. change things for for the the voting over there but i guess it's still a shit system it's it was it's a shit system because it was written in like you know 1980 in 18 so is that the part of the constant constitution yeah so it's the electoral systems are part of their constitution so the electoral votes are originally was supposed to be people who would ride to the capital the state would elect people to vote on their behalf so they would elect people who would and as always they would automatically say well i'm going to vote for for this person so vote for me to go to the state and vote for this person so you you're essentially voting for for the candidate but originally it was you vote for somebody who will go to the capital and vote on your behalf so if you were allocated three electoral vote electoral votes, you had to elect three officials to go to the, the Capitol in Washington uh, to say that we, this is who we're voting for. So we will vote for, uh, you know, like we'll vote for George Washington. So it, it was originally that a state could vote two people in to to go to, for Republican and one person to vote for Democrat. But now, because it's that kind of, you don't need to do that anymore. I mean, we're in the age of technology where I can call somebody halfway across the world. So they've got no problems deciding who's the president in one country. So like their, their electoral system is now that, you know, they, they still elect, they still have somebody who does the formality of, casting those electoral votes but it's not as important anymore so joe biden won't actually become president for for a while to come regardless of what trump another, actually does another 70 something i think it's like 
78 days. And so um, new terms begins on January 20 at noon. So that is officially when Joe Biden is set to take over as president. That's January 20 uh, at noon. Yeah. When he's and, and that, yeah, so that's the like we'll inauguration. Be. So that's written into the constitution. Now who that's regardless of what Trump does. If Trump doesn't do anything and just forgets and, and concedes, he loses. Um, that's when Biden will be in. But if Trump obviously uh, doesn't concede and, and takes the legal route, it could uh, uh, push on uh, further than that. So what happens if, there is legal challenges and Trump doesn't concede. I mean, who knows? Uh, I'm not sure if anything has happened to this scale in American um, presidential history. But the, the only one that comes to mind is the 2000 election where Mitt Romney, you know, took the took the decision to court. They they battled it through because it was such a tight race. Not because there was there was claims of vote. Well, there was claims of voter fraud and stuff, as there would be because it's such a tight race. But more because that you know there was such a tight race that they ended up taking it to court, and then inevitably Mitt Romney did, and the Democrats did concede that they had lost the election. I'm pretty sure from the start they had accepted that they'd lost the election, but they still, you know, when there's 500 votes for such a big state like Florida, of course you want to get in to the courts and say, can we make sure that this decision is right? Yeah, I, I mean, the reason why this is such a big issue, and a lot of people might say, oh, fuck America and their politics and that, but like, it's a, it's a world issue in terms of democracy and the way governments are run, because, I mean, he, everything that Donald Trump is doing, claiming false fraud and um, without evidence, it, and who knows if he has evidence, on, on it has an impact on, on the whole world, and how uh, democracies uh, see their fairness and their rights in terms of their people. So that's what Joe, Bur Joe Biden is trying to uphold at the moment. Well, um, there's no, there, it's not a mistake that they call the president of the United States, the leader of the free world. There, there's, yeah. that's, that's, uh, that is not even arguably true. That is true. But, they are so, the largest democracy in the world. And with the amount they've been intervening in other places around the world to install democracies, you know, it's and there is evidence that they overthrow democracies yeah. as well. But so that's a, that's a discussion for another time. We've and, and uh, we've spoken about this before. Um, pretty sure that one of the podcasts actually has this discussion in it, um, where I explained that like the unrest in other countries, especially in the Middle East, um, that has been happening over the last twenty years. Donald Trump and previous presidents, Barack Obama, George Bush, like all of them for a long, long time, they have been sending troops over these countries and siding with one of the, gov the governments or the militias to overthrow the government because there's political unrest. There's political unrest in America at the moment. So like, what's to say that Trump doesn't push this further? Things, tensions get high. They start fighting in the streets. Like what's stopping Iran Iran. I don't know how you say Iran. it. If you're in America, if you're in America, I think you say Iran, don't it you? It depends where you are from America. <laughs> Anyhow, um, Iran, Iran. Iran. They might act like they, they could send troops into America and back fucking Biden and say, no, we want to fucking back Biden and fuck Trump. We're going to, I, uh, he, they actually want, they actually want 
by, uh, uh, Trump to go and face charges over there because they feel that they're the airstrike that he, killed Soleimani, uh, Soleimani. Uh, uh, who was the highest ranking military official in, in the Iran military, uh, Soleimani, that he was killed for, um, I guess, non-legal reasons. Like, well, they, they're not, calling it war crimes. He will war be charged crimes, with like, war crimes because he, they're trying to charge he Trump the person with war who officially ordered yes. the uh, airstrike to kill Soleimani. So and there he's was responsible for that. Yeah. So like Iran have a vested interest in Biden winning and bringing Trump to stand charges in America in Iran for war charges. Who knows if that's going to happen? I, I highly I, doubt I that's going to happen. Highly doubt that'll ever happen. Highly doubt. Like you have more chance of uh, if Iran actually seek that, then you have a uh, fucking the chances of Putin stepping in and preventing it. Is I, I think you have more well, of but... a chance of catching him if Donald Trump stays as president. Because yeah. uh, if he travels to somewhere like Turkey, you don't know. Turkey might turn around and say, well, fuck you. We're handing you over to Iran. Oh, or 100%. Donald Trump will never go to Turkey. If he, if he travels <laughs> to somewhere like North Korea, what's to say that Kim Jong-un doesn't say, well, uh, you are now under arrest and we're going to send you to Iran because Iran is our friend. You don't yeah, like, exactly. I mean... I highly doubt Russia is going to do that, but Russia and Iran do have mutual interests a lot of the time. So he might go and visit Putin and Putin might turn around and say, sorry, Mr. Trump, I don't want to do this, but fucking Iran, you know, they're going to give me a lot of weapons. They're going to give me some nukes. Like, yeah, uh, fuck see yeah. You later. I'm, you, you, you're going over to Iran to face these fucking war crimes. Who, who knows what's going to happen? So, like, on a much, much broader scale around the world, um, this election obviously doesn't just affect America. It affects, it affects all around the world. It and around we'll, the world. We were saying previously that um, uh, Trump has actually um, done a bit of, you know, uh, house cleaning, housekeeping around the world. And created a lot of um, uh, positive, I guess, I, I think one uh, of friendships. Made- major things that he did was he did get nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. It's, this is no, you know, no, no joke. This is a big achievement that he got Saudi Arabia, the Saudi government to officially recognize Israel. Is like, that true? Uh, yeah. It was the Saudi Arabia. Saudi? Definitely, definitely Sudan. That's the most recent one. Was it Sudan or Saudi Arabia? I'm pretty sure. Oh, Saudi no, Arabia no, no, no. Let's, let's fact well. check that peeps. Let's have a look. I don't want to say uh, anything that's not true. Sudan or Sudan, who uh, um, knowledge uh, here for you all. Hang on. Yeah, it was Su- Sudan. Sudan actually has the most pyramids in the world. Very interesting country. Have a look at them. Um, but it was definitely Sudan, the most yeah, no, recent sorry. country to sign a peace deal with America. I guess it's a peace deal um, to recognize Israel um, as... I guess a country in that part of the world, because uh, if you are not aware, um, there's been a lot of tensions between Israel um, and Palestine. Sorry, it was the it was the yeah it was Sudan. Saudi yeah. Arabia is still backing uh, uh, Palestine. Yeah, so Palestine is technically no longer a country. If you follow what the Americans do, they recognize Israel and um, Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. If you're a Palestinian or you're from Palestine, you'll be furious about this. Um, so because America backs Israel Israel and recognizes Jerusalem as the capital, uh, Trump has 
enforced many, many restrictions on any countries that recognize Palestine instead of Israel and the last country to fold, I guess, under the pressures of the American government is Sudan. Um, and they recognized Israel um, as that country in that part of the world and Jerusalem as the capital. Uh, so in a, in a positive sense, um, it, it stops the, it stops the fighting from Sudan's uh, side against uh, Israel. Israel. Um, there's still a lot of countries that uh, are against America and I guess the Western world and still recognize Palestine and, and uh, refute against the militia armies of Israel and the taking over the Palestine people and Palestine as a country. Uh, Australia is very, very far away from that conflict in the world but anyway it kind of ties back in with everything we're talking about with this u.s election because trump has been doing stuff like that now who knows what the fuck biden's going to do i'd imagine he'd take the same sort of stance uh i, I would the, imagine he'd try and leave that alone at least for the initial start of his presidency yeah but it, it's inevitably going to come up and if Barack Obama is any indication, which he was vice president for, he's probably going to be sending troops in there to intervene. He may, he may well, he may Whichever well do so. Whichever side he decides to intervene in, we don't know. It's, this is what we're saying is that like things are so weird when you bring it back to Australia and, and look at like us versus America. So like Biden very may well take the same stance as what Barack Obama did, considering Correct. they're both from the democratic party they may be sending lots of people overseas and instigating war and which unfortunately will inevitably rope australia in yeah but then what i'm saying is on the other hand democratic party and joe biden actually pushed the uh the narrative of climate change and they they want to so this is fucking insane if you didn't know this <laughs> donald trump Pulled out of the Geneva, con uh, not Geneva, fuck not me, Geneva, Geneva convention. convention. Holy Paris shit, that's a whole nother podcast, the Geneva Convention. If he pulled out of the Geneva Convention, yeah, I know. Uh, there would be a World War III. Let let's, not, let's not go into that. If you don't know what the Geneva Convention is, fucking look it up because you should know what it is. It's very important um, world safety. World safety, the Geneva Convention has to do with war and how you treat people. Anyhow, I'm talking about the Paris Agreement. Uh, Donald Trump pulled out of the Paris Agreement. It's called the Paris Agreement because it was an agreement signed in Paris and it's reflected around climate change and global warming. So Donald Trump doesn't give a fuck about that because he's all about economy and money. Uh, and I guess that is the same line of our fucking liberal government and Scott Morrison, who doesn't give a fuck about climate change because he doesn't believe in it. And he's a God loving, I'm not, not going to say anymore. <laughs> Hey, there's nothing wrong with being religious. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I didn't mean to say that. Being sorry, religious folks. does not mean that you do not believe in climate change. It's the whiskey talking, folks. Segway. We've got Harlan 12 today. What are you drinking, Luke? I am drinking a Glen Morangi original. Oh, no, yeah, I like that bottle. Take it back um, a bit. It's a bit blurry. Anyhow, if you're not watching YouTube, Luke's drinking Glen Morangi. And I'm drinking uh, Harlan Park 12. I'm drinking well, we're both Highland drinking uh, a Highland whiskeys. Single malt Scotch whiskeys. 
Highland Park 12, Viking Honor, it says on the bottle. Mine, Anyhow. Mine is a 10-year-old. Uh, I believe mine is just a standard 40%. It's not. Yeah, mine's, yeah. Uh, mine's standard 40%. 40%. Yep. No uh, special cask strength or... I blame uh, everything I say on the whiskey. So don't yell at me in the comments. Anyway. Anyhow, liberals take the stance of uh, Donald, Donald Trump's uh, Republican Party on climate change. That's what we're talking about. Well, um, while we're talking about liberals and uh, the Australian politics, today in Melbourne, the, yes, uh, Daniel Andrews just announced another further easing of restrictions not much not as 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 much as majority i would say majority of melbournians and victorians would like but he did ease restrictions a little bit daniel andrews has been the talk of the talk of the town for the last few months correct ah uh, what do you what do you say about him i guess liar um hero Depends which side you come from. <laughs> a lot of people have swayed from loving him to hating him. I just got very loud there for a second. Just my volume. Uh, he, he announced a lot of uh, easing of restrictions, I guess, today. We've had eight days. Eight nine days, days of days. zero. Double donuts. No today deaths. Today is nine days. Today is nine deaths? Is, are you sure? Day. Are you yeah, sure? I'm, I'm Better be fucking sure. I don't want no fucking misleading evidence on this podcast. By the time this podcast comes out, we'll may have may well be into like ten or eleven days. Who knows? Um, of zero double double donuts, zero deaths, zero uh, cases, new cases. That is, um, we still have active cases. I think we have three or four um, as of today, which is the eighth. But uh, uh, I thought while Luke's looking that up, hang on, I got to turn this way. I thought I would wear. See this, Absolute Atomics. The only T-shirt I own with an Australian, not flag, but Australia on it. Uh, Absolute Atomics is a T-shirt I bought to support the fires that happened um, across all of Australia. Not all of Australia. Um, the major places was probably New South Wales and Victoria, you know, Mallacoota and, and along the coast there. Um, but inland as well. Uh, Terminal Atomics is Kublai Khan and Stray From The Path. They released albums that uh, Absolute is the Kublai Khan album, I'm pretty sure. Hang on. I'm going to get this fucking wrong. Um, yeah, Absolute is the Kublai Khan album. Is that the actual name of the album? Yeah. Kublai Khan... For all you people out there who don't know about music, Kublai Khan is an American band who great, grace, gracefully supported, yeah, okay, gracefully supported Australia um, with the fires. Graciously. So, graciously. Don't know what the fuck I was trying to say. Absolute is their album from 2019. Um, so they sold this T-shirt in conjunction with, and I will look it up now, Straight From The Path, who also released an album called Internal Atomics. So the T-shirt Absolute Atomics is a combination of them two albums. Uh, I won't show you the back of it because it would require me to require me to awkwardly turn around. But there is another big uh, map of Australia with Eternal yeah, sorry, Absolute Atomics. Day. Today is the ninth day. I'm not going crazy. 
the ninth day. Right. Anyhow, this T-shirt. I think they were questioning it because one person tested positive, but they were saying it was an already existing case who has a retested positive after the uh, 14 days of oh, okay. when you're supposed to be infected. Yeah, well... Not a new case. Not a new case. Well, I guess while we're on the topic of the fires and, and everything that's happened, this year's been fucked for a lot of reasons. We had fires in January. Well, let's go back even further than that. They probably started in September of 2019. And, and before that, we had floods in Queensland. Yeah, so it's been a bit of a harsh time for rural people floods fires september last year going into the christmas and new year me and luke slept in the boot of my car for our new year's eve this year because we were evacuated from our uh, camping site caravan park so we slept in the boot of a car in a football field or soccer field um two days later we're back in melbourne we had to drive all the way through uh, canberra to get back to melbourne um Oh, did you want, was, do you want to do you want to tell that that story and what what, what we went through? oh okay let's go into that let's take a break from the u.s politics and the bullshit that's happening right now let's talk about january um and fires and me and luke's story so well, our family story, I guess. Uh, we go every year to Eden, New South Wales. We stay in the caravan park up there. We love fishing. Um, I've been doing that for nine years now. Uh, Eden, New South Wales, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah about probably about nine, nine years. Nine years, yeah. We go fishing up there. We've got the boat. We've got friends up there. Um, stay in the caravan park. Um, small little town. If you don't know Eden, Rimbula, look it up. Uh, it's a beautiful part of Australia. We go fishing up there every year, um, and obviously this year we managed to get up. Well, we we went up there last year, and when I say last year, I mean like December twenty seventh. December twenty seventh so, was when we got up there. December twenty seventh. At that point, there ha there was no fires in Malakuta. The fires in New South Wales were hitting Ulladulla and just kind of getting down towards Byron Bay at that point. So. Yeah no real threat to where we were mm. at that point. Like we could still from Melbourne drive directly to Eden. We could even go all the way to Sydney. The, the highways weren't even close. I, I think the highways around Aladella might've been closed at that point, but the fire season was pretty bad, but not at that point. It wasn't at an extreme extent that we saw. Mm. So we managed to get through no worries to actually go into New South Wales. We knew there was fires. We didn't know the extent of how bad they were or how bad they could be. Um, we set up camp. We went fishing the next day that we were there. Was it the next day? I guess so. Um, I think we, we didn't go fishing the next day because it was windy. Mm. And then the day after that, we went out fishing. Yeah. Okay. It was a normal day. So I think it's, I think it's the idea is all the, the, the timeline is we arrive on the 27th. We have a day off on the 28th. We go fishing on the 29th. Then the next day, 30th is we wake up and it's full of fire. No, the, the, the 30th was pretty good. It was, um, it was it was really windy that day 
and that day we were very aware that their fire was in Malakuda. But isn't so? Isn't hang on? Isn't the thirtieth Christmas Eve? Oh, sorry, no, Christmas New Year's Eve. Eve is the thirty-first. Mm. So we went fishing on the 29th and then on the thirtieth, it was really, really windy—a really windy southerly wind, which was pushing the fire up that had just gone through Malakuda. Mm. So the fire had just gone through Malakuda over the, the overnight period of the 29th. Yep. Into the and it was moving at a stupidly fast rate um, because of the winds. Like, I think it was like four meters an hour. I, I don't know the actual, but it was fast. It was something, and, and it doesn't, that doesn't sound very fast, but when you've got a wall of fire that's spanning, you know, hundreds of kilometers, it's moving very fast. Like it was taking seconds to like just overcome people and firefighters yeah. were like driving back a few kilometers, setting up barricades, getting ready. And within seconds, insane. they were just, they were fully prepared. And within seconds, they were saying, get the fuck back in the truck. We have to move back. It, so, it was some of the videos and stuff that we were seeing was, was fucking insane. So we wake up one morning um, and it was red sky. This is on the 31st on New Year's Eve. Yeah. And we weren't sure what was going to happen for Christmas Eve. Uh, fuck, why do I keep saying Christmas? New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. We weren't sure what was going to happen. We had a whole thing planned for the well, caravan really park. And then before we know it, we're evacuating packing not packing anything up but we took we we put all we need to in the cars and we went to a football field in the center of town and pretty at, much set up camp for the for the night at that yeah. stage we, we fucked were up told, at that stage we were told that the fire was 15 kilometers away they lied to they, they lied they lied to a few people and told them that the fire was going to rip through their fucking caravan park in the next 20 minutes when the fire was hours away ridiculous fucking bullshit was hours away and inevitably actually didn't travel a hundred like it got to eden but they were able to kind of knock it back and uh, it didn't run through the town fortunately yeah but at, so, at that point we were told that the fire was about i think it was like 17 kilometers away and they were it was moving quickly it was mm. hitting uh a a town before us called Womboyne, and that we had to pack up and leave because they were they were saying that it's most likely going to hit tonight yeah it was it was pretty crazy like we um, met people um, at the football field in the center of town who had been told this information and they were distraught. They were crying. Their kids were saying, I don't want to die. Like what's going to happen to us? And we're like, hang on. Like what the fuck are you talking about? Like the fire's hours away, not 20 minutes away. We're not, we're not going to die. Um, so like people were giving mis misinformation fast forward. Like let's keep this, this, this timeline moving. We stay in our car new year's eve at the evacuation at the evacuation site i slept in the boot of my car <laughs> great way to welcome in the new year um who know you know who knew at that stage what type of fucked year we're going to have and um then, and then the next day we wake up, up day. we go back to our caravan park 
the next day when we woke up, it was clear blue skies. There mm. was no haze, no readiness. There wasn't any ash falling. So we were like, okay. The wind kind of changed direction a little bit. It wasn't blowing as hard. So they said to us, you can go back to your to your, uh, to your caravan parks. It's fine. The fire, we don't think the fire is going to be here today or tomorrow. We're thinking, you know, three to four days and maybe it might come through. Depends on containment lines that were set up further down the coast. Yeah. So things obviously didn't get any better. Not that they got extremely like worse, but they didn't get any better. So we had to pack up camp. Pack up camp, decide that we're going to get fuel. There was a fucking hour and a half wait to get fuel. Um, we slept in our friend's... Um, caravan. Caravan, I guess. Cool. It's kind um, of like a, a permanent a, caravan. That yeah, per permanent caravan attached to their unit thing there. Um, anyway, we slept there for the night. We got up really early, like 4 o'clock the next morning. Um, got in the cars drove west instead of driving south we drove west all the way to avoid the the fires into canberra um didn't drive past parliament house no. <laughs> we had to go and detour through canberra and honestly uh... as if you have ever been to canberra or if you live in canberra or if you were going to go to canberra the easiest way to get through canberra is to go past parliament house because you know that's the fucking main road in canberra and i made it a point to everybody in the caravan in our line of cars that oh, we didn't we do it we should go past <laughs> parliament house but we didn't do it we didn't go past parliament house i'm very upset because i wanted to stop and take a shit Enough said. I, 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 hang on. No, fuck you. I want to say what I want to say. At this point, Scott Morrison had uh, just come back from his lovely holiday in Hawaii and wiped his hands with any responsibility. No, he didn't wipe his hands. He did take some responsibility. But he, you know, there were people defending him saying, everybody needs a holiday. And what do you want this man to do? Go out and fight the fires for you? Anyway, I don't like Scott Morrison. I'll say it. I, think he's <laughs> I don't like his economic handling of the country, nor his social uh, handling of the country. But, but that is something for another podcast. So we were supposed to go through Canberra, and I wanted to go past Parliament House so I could shit on the front lawns of Parliament in protest and give a big fuck you to Scott Morrison and tell him exactly what kind of a job I thought he was doing. Well, is currently still doing because if we go back to COVID-19, he's essentially wiped his hands with any responsibility and said to the States, you guys deal with it and we'll just kind of give funding, maybe. <laughs> anyway, so we didn't go through past Parliament House. We went around Parliament House. We went through the suburbs, but we had to go through Canberra. And then from Canberra, we got onto the Hume Highway. Was it the Hume? Yeah, the Hume. The yeah, Hume. the Hume Highway. And we went straight back to Melbourne. But uh, along the Hume Highway, we could see SES. We stopped at a, uh, a, a stop for 
afternoon tea. It was like kind of lunchtime, kind of breakfast. It was like one meal while we were driving, and this was our one stop while we were driving. So we stopped at a uh, at a petrol station that had a McDonald's, and we kind of got got some food and stuff. And there was some SES and uh, fire service people there. And as we're driving down the Hume Highway, you can see that there's you know fire trucks turning off in into uh, into off ramps and big signs on the off ramps. Please do not take this exit. Fire hazard. Continue straight. Um, do not come down here, local traffic only. So as we're going down the highway, you can see that, you know, they're telling you don't go that way because there's fire and you can see the smoke coming back over the highway. So I think we continued going. Uh, we went through Aubrey Wodonga, um, which the next day Aubrey was on red alert because there was uh fires coming over the highway towards uh Aubrey Wodonga and Wagga Wagga which we uh I think we didn't go through but we went like kind of around the area of where Wagga Wagga was um and then we continued down went through uh down the Hume Highway and got back to Melbourne it was about a, a Correct me if I'm wrong, Adam, but it was about a 15 and a half hour drive, 16 hour drive. That's correct. It was about 15 hours. So, yeah, and we had our boat on the back. Credit to dad. He, uh, he drove the whole way. And uh, same with the other people that we were kind of in a group together with. We all had our boats and we drove the whole, whole way. Um, at one point on the, was it the... Monaro Highway to get to Canberra. Yep, that's there the was either side of us. There was it was black. The fields were black. They'd been. We did see through. some flames as well. We did see flames as well, um, which is is pretty scary when they're like, "Yeah, it's safe to go down this road," and then as you're driving, you're kind of seeing a fire truck with some fucking big flames next to it. Um, so that was pretty scary, but we're not. I, I think we thought that the fire had come through there, but it turned out it was back burning to kind of try and protect the highway. Some so of it, yes, some of through. it. Some of it was, some of it was the uh, the fire had gone through. But yeah, all in all, like pretty some pretty scary stuff when you when you wake up one morning and you look like you're at the gates of fucking Mordor. It's <laughs> that's the best way to fucking describe it's it. Anyone to describe it? It's anyone who was in melbourne is orange and yeah. there's thick smoke and ash falling on you ash falling on you and we all had uh masks on and yeah fuck covid masks we had fire masks we had, in january we had fucking, <laughs> we've been wearing masks since january bitch so shut the fuck up um no but like yeah it was it, I would say that I, I, I don't know about you, Adam, but I, I tried to stay rather, rather calm in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't we, need to panic. We didn't real, we weren't ever in the position where we needed to panic, and I don't think anybody should put themselves in a position to panic. You should always leave before you ever, ever need to be in the position to panic. You yeah. Should leave early and leave quickly, 
take what you need to take with you and and get out um but yeah it was it was a bit of a scary situation yeah. So that's how Australia started the year. That's we ended how up we getting. The year. We ended up with how we started the year. That's that our personal story. Um, a lot of people have a much worse story than that. A lot of people have a lot worse um, stories than that. But that's and I mean we started talking about this because of fuck me this side. Yeah. Because, because of, uh, of this t-shirt. And that's the way Australia started 2020 with fires and. And all in all, I, I believe it was over one million animals. Uh, native wildlife were killed it was 600 hectares or was it more i'm not sure i'm not sure i'll look it up now total but anyone who uh, volunteered their time oh, uh 12.6 million hectares were burnt in yeah. the australian bushfires it was a lot it was a lot and the um, recent royal commission that come out said that uh, climate change yeah. had a profound effect on the intensity of yeah the so once again fuck you to the, loo, the liberal government <laughs> for ignoring it fuck you Alistair uh, Alistair uh, no Gladys Berejiklian not Alistair Anastasia Palaszczuk Anastasia Palaszczuk has just won her third term in Queensland which is like incredible unheard of She's labor. Labor. Um, Congratulations but, yeah, to her. Fuck Gladys Berejiklian, koala fuck killer. Gladys. Not only... I, I think that <laughs> her being called the koala killer, yes, while, irre while relevant, there's also the black cockatoo, which is extremely, extremely vulnerable, which live has a majority of its uh, habitat on the far south coast of New South Wales, which is now burnt and has put that species at an yeah. extreme threat. But like, <sighs> is there any fucking politicians in Australia we like at the moment? Fucking Daniel Andrews has turned out to be a liar. Daniel <laughs> Andrews has turned out to be... He's done well for all of not this year of coronavirus, he during coronavirus, he fumbled the ball. His government fumbled the ball. He panicked. He fucked up. Or his government fucked up with this private security stuff, which in no disappointing. Turn, it's disappointing. Which is disappointing and in no turn absolves the uh, individual security guards and the overall security company from any responsibility. But he fucked up by doing that, not accepting ADF help which either is his decision or is somebody in his government's decision, but it is the overall Labor government's decision that that happened. Yeah. So, and he panicked because of that and put on extremely harsh restrictions that, yes, so, well, yeah. uh, that can be argued <laughs> were necessary, that I believe were necessary to an extent for as long as they continued. No. Yes. But, at yeah, a certain yeah, point yeah. in time, they were necessary. But oh, he yeah. has, he's, he's, what he's done to our economy won't only affect our parents, us, and the next generation, but our, if we have kids, it'll affect them, it'll affect their kids. This yeah. is, this is billions yeah. of dollars in debt that the Victorian and the Australian government uh, is in. The most I'll say, we as the people will be in. Most I'll say, 
because I don't like to delve into my opinions and politics too much, is that I think we could have, after the set in, during this, you can say as much as you want, mate, but what I'll say is during the second lockdown, or sorry, the start of the second lockdown, uh, June, July, most people who are in close to me would already know that I didn't agree with going into lockdown for a second time. Um, not that I was completely against it. I knew that it was going to work. I, I didn't say, I, I would never thought that it was, wasn't going to work. It was definitely going to work, but it probably wasn't the best stance to take um, because it has completely destroyed business and economy in Victoria. And we could have gone another, another route. Um, but it's worked nonetheless. It's been a hard slog. We've got there in the end. Um, he has destroyed business. Um, I definitely don't think that we should have just, can you hear me? All right, Luke? Yeah. Yeah. I can hear you fine. Okay. I can't really hear myself for some reason. Um, he is not saying that we needed to open up everything and fuck COVID and just do what we want. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, we, we could have taken a different strategy that allowed things to stay open, um, and, and keep our economy and business still moving keep faster than what up. he allowed. Yeah. Um, that's, that's as much as I'll say uh, where we are now we can't change that um, where... this microphone is coming down I'll say it Daniel okay, Andrews you, you go you go Daniel Andrews he did the right thing by putting a second lockdown that I, I'll say that and, and I'm I am sure that you know a large majority of Victorians would agree with that did he have to put such harsh restrictions on rural Victoria when their rolling average, you know, over this whole time was, you know, like maybe 15 cases. Its peak was a lot higher, but, you know, did he need to turn around and say to the people of rural country towns, which were struggling after the fires, that, no, you're not allowed to go out to your favorite restaurants. No, you're not allowed to go out to these mum and dad businesses that were struggling as it was because, you know, they had just had many had just had fires go through that area and not only that he turned around and cut off a lot of uh hospitality work a lot of uh entertainment work which i these entertainers and hospitality people are, and i've been in both of those industries are both you know very progressive left people that work in those jobs and totally agree with what daniel andrews was doing but the overall economic pack impact of that, the people running those sectors don't agree with what Daniel Andrews has done. And the overall impact of what he's done will impact their jobs. And inevitably, unfortunately, will mean that those people who I stand by Dan and I agree with what he's doing will inevitably be out of work. And they will the be the people who are on the new start, who are looking for work. And unfortunately, as much as you agree with what he's done, at the end of the day, you're the person that's going to be out of work and struggling for money. So, yes, did he fuck up? Yes. Did he do the right thing by putting us back in a lockdown? Yes. Did he extend that for way too long? Yes. Has there been good and bad by Daniel Andrews? Yes. If you take the pandemic out of this, I think Daniel Andrews did a fantastic job for Victoria. But the next election, 
I will be surprised if Labour gets any votes at all. Anything over 30%, I will be very surprised. I think the Greens will take over a lot of those votes, and I think Liberal will be heavily voted for because people do not want Labour because Daniel Andrews is the poster child for Labour. Yeah. That's amazing. I don't know what will happen yeah. in a federal election. Anthony Albanese isn't doing himself any favours <sighs> because he's uncharismatic and... <laughs> Well, that's a whole other story. If Labour finds somebody with half the charisma of what Liberal does, then they will be in power 90% of the time. But fuck, they find some dumbass people like Anthony Albanese, who just has all the charisma of a wet paper towel. Bill Shorten was somehow <laughs> even worse than that. <sighs> Australian politics somehow finds these, you know, not going to say young... But they're a lot younger than other polit politicians in the world. Like, America has a 77-year-old president now. He's going to be 78 when he's sworn in. He's on his fucking deathbed. And he's on his deathbed. <laughs> and somehow Australia finds these 50, 55, 60-year-old people who, yes, they're old. They're boomers. But they're a lot younger than other places. And they find these people. But they've just got all the charisma of wet paper towels. How does Scott Morrison have more charisma than his opposition? And Scott Morrison doesn't have any charisma. Ladies Australian and gentlemen, politics is fucking a joke. Ladies and gentlemen, this rant is brought to you by whiskey. <laughs> this rant is brought to you by whiskey and Luke, Luke Kochi's thoughts. And if you want to hear more of those thoughts, DM me and I'll send you videos. Yes. That is the rant. So back to Daniel Andrews and his fuck up on COVID. So, yeah, he did fuck up in many ways. Um, <laughs> very, very small fuck up in comparison to other countries. Other countries. So let's shift gears on that note to how the rest of the world is coping. Because if you actually don't live in Australia and you don't know what has been happening here, and you say you live in France, you'll look at Australia as a picture-perfect heaven because France recorded 60,000 coronavirus cases in one day. And, and Roughly 60,000. It was just over that. They're back into a lockdown. The UK, I'm pretty sure they have 40,000 cases on a, a day. America has recorded 120,000. I think it's 120. It's over 100,000 in a day. the last report was 100. 20, maybe 130. So if you're not following it, I mean, I follow all this stuff. I know Luke does as well. Uh, a lot of other people. last COVID count but was 132,000. Say you don't give a fuck about any of this and you're listening to my podcast because you're one of my friends or a random person, I hope. Uh, yeah, there's, there is uh, you know, Russia's 30,000 cases a day. France is 60,000. Italy's... 40 to 50,000 a day, UK's 50,000 a day. You know, we're talking about countries who are having between 500 to 1,000 deaths a day. If you live in Australia, forget about all of the bullshit that's happened over the last six months. We're laughing. <laughs> we're in a very good position. If you're Jacinda Ardern in New South, uh, New South Wales, if you're Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand, you're fucking laughing. Better than Australia. You're, you're the fucking. Poster child for the poster COVID child response. of 
COVID response. Yeah. Um, Us, even even countries like large, densely populated countries like South Korea, uh, have gotten through this yeah. extremely well. Yeah. Let's. Um, one thing that doesn't get brought up, and I've I've brought this up to a few people. Um, who were surprised is that we don't actually cover the COVID deaths in India and Brazil. Um, and Luke will look it up. Um, maybe bring up just the general world, like all of the countries so we can talk through all of them, like the top 10 say, um, but America is way up there. And we hear about America yeah. because Western America world. has, uh, currently 9.8 yeah. 9 million cases with yeah. 237,000 deaths. And I'll stop you there. You might be thinking, if you're one of these COVID fucking deniers, I guess, or haters, is that that doesn't sound very good. 9.6 million cases and only 230,000 deaths. Oh, the flu kills more people. Well, yeah, but we have a vaccine for the flu. Um, it's still a lot of fucking deaths and it's going to only get worse. So we need to prevent it um, from happening. I'm not saying I'm for vaccines. I'm just saying that a vaccine helps in the flu. I'm definitely for co for vaccines. Please it's another topic. Vaccine. It's another topic that is something you talk about when you're sober, not when you're drinking whiskey. Cheers. But, <laughs> but um, India and Brazil are second and third on the world scale, and our news doesn't cover it for whatever fucking reason. India currently has 8.46 million cases and it, their last increase was 50,000 cases and yeah. they have 126,000 deaths. And mind you, these are recorded deaths in India. They estimate that it's actually a lot more than this because yeah. India doesn't have such... That They're saying that there's a, probably a lot more people dying of COVID in India that are unrecorded because they don't have access to healthcare. Same with Brazil. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. So I think the top five is like, you'll be able to tell me, Luke, but what is it? The US, India, Brazil, Russia, France. France, okay. The top five. And then I think after that, it's probably Italy, Spain. Uh, Spain, Argentina, the United Kingdom, Mexico, Peru, and then Italy. So Italy oh, okay. is actually a fair way down. Quite, quite way down. They made headlines at the start of the this pandemic because they had they got to obviously uh, obviously have a terrible health system and there was a lot of deaths. Um, they were letting people die essentially. They were choosing who was going to live. They were um, telling people, basically people over the age of, I think it was seventy five, that we don't yeah. have room for you in the hospital. Go home. Yeah. And dying with your family. Yeah. So I would hope that nothing we're saying here is new to people. I would hope that everyone's been following this because it's world news, um, not just what's happening in Australia. This is the election week special. So let's bring it back to America to say that they are fucked by the coronavirus. And I brought this up from the start um, of the virus to say that they were going to be the most heavily affected. And who knows, this could be a plot by the Chinese government to fucking take over. <sighs> Let's, doubt. let's not get too cynical here, but um, the world's in a fucking crazy state. So Biden's president elect, better say that president elect with potential, potential challenges president. coming from, well, not even potential with challenges coming from with challenges the, uh, coming Republican Donald Trump camp. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, we're, we're kind of following this live. Luke 
you can look up if there's any more revelations in in the US election um, that's happened. But as it stands, Trump is being recognized to have lost. Biden is recognized to have won. I'm using the Guardian. I'm on the Guardian, which uses the uh, AP results from... um, Associated Press. Associated Press results. And it currently has Biden at 290 electoral votes. Yeah. So Biden managed... The only two states that have not been declared by the Associated Press is North Carolina, which currently looks like Donald Trump is going to win. And Georgia, which currently looks like Joe Biden is going to win by 11,000 votes. Yeah. And, and he's real. He's, he is under the laws constitution. If it's under 1%, I'm pretty sure Luke, I don't know if you can confirm under 1%, he's That's allowed to call a recount 0.1%. Okay. So he, I think they're recounting in Wisconsin. Um, he may be able to call the recount in uh, Philadelphia because that's under 1%, a 0.1%. Um, same as Nevada. It might be 1%, sorry. Not 1%. Same as Arizona. Like there's a fucking host of states that he will be able to call recounting. It's, it's actually mind-boggling how close some of the voting is. America is definitely split. Let's hope that, I mean, we've made jokes about going into civil war. Civil war is not a good thing for any country, America, for the world. Um, we've made plenty of, um, plenty of jokes about that. It may well happen. It's not a good thing. I'm not saying I want that to happen, but Georgia, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Arizona can all go up to a recount. Yeah. Because it's under 1%. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, we're in a crazy state. Um, the world's in a crazy state at the moment. Um, I, I don't know how many people listening. I don't know how many people are listening, but if you are listening, I don't know how many of you actually keep up with the world um, and what's actually going on around the world. But there's fucking like just this year, there's probably been like six or seven, like what's happening in America right now happens every year. And it's happened for a long time. And just this year, it's probably happened in six or seven fucking countries. Belarus is protesting their president and trying to overthrow him. He's been a the who is, dictator. Who has, been backed, who has now been backed by Russia as of a couple of months ago. Well, the, the Belarus, if you don't know where Belarus is in Europe, it's one of the biggest countries in Europe, uh, has been under... Uh, a dictatorship, I guess you would call it for a very, very long time. They've got, it's not really a dictatorship because they have an opposition, but it's kind of like what Russia's got. Um, the dictators are very, uh, sorry, the opposition is silenced in a lot of ways. Heavily silenced. Heavily silenced. And at the moment, the opposition leader, now just imagine this. Imagine if the opposition in Australia, this is what's happening in Belarus, the opposition leader is currently in an exiled country because she's wanted on fucking the federal crimes most wanted list for whatever reason. She's actually in, and I think, don't hold me to this, but I think it's Lithuania. She's actually in hiding because she's wanted by the Belarus government, current government, who is yeah. seen as a dictatorship, and there's major protests happening around the Belarus around the country there. Opposition leader Svets, Svetlana 
Tikhanovskaya is currently in exile. She only publicly makes addresses through YouTube. Um, she's believed to be in Lithuania, though that cannot be confirmed. There you go. There you go. So she can only make public appearances through YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, and like, just to top it all off, like the Russian government, Putin, has put her on their most wanted list and he's backing the Belarus government. So what do you make of that? You know, it's, well, it's not only Belarus um, that's at tensions. Obviously we've seen Black Lives Matter protests in all around the world. Um, Belarus is protesting. Um, many, many countries have been protesting well, COVID lockdowns as well as Australia you know, America, France, well, England, one um, of the seen all over the world. In the world at the moment, going on just next door in Poland, with uh, the the government recently outlawed yeah. bring every abortion. Bring up some some imagery and some some photos of that because if you won't believe that your eyes when you actually see this, if you're watching, there's millions of people protesting um, abortion in Poland at the moment um, because of the heavy, heavy stance the government's taking. Poland has erupted in mass division over this, I guess, uh, especially obviously the female population because we're not talking about there you go. Certainly, look, Luke's bringing up the imagery now. There's just millions of people, a million people. 50,000 people just in Warsaw, just in their capital. Yeah. So that's just in the capital. Um, and over across the country, where we are talking millions. Um, it's not that they're borderline making um, changes. They're like, it's, like a, it's a whole, like, across the board ban on abortion. Um, which is fucking mind boggling. Um, this is a big topic in a lot of countries, but amongst this pandemic, it's crazy to see that there's millions of, sorry, it's not crazy to see that million pe people are, are protesting this. I guess it's a good thing. Um, depends on your stance on this topic. It's crazy that a million people have gone out despite the pandemic to yep. go and protest against the, the, the government's ruling. Yeah. And, and I, um, if you didn't know this, like we're telling you now, like it's happening, Google it, look it up. Protests in Poland is, is a fucking a huge scale. Cause you know, channel seven, channel nine, channel 10 is fucking shit news. So you have to go elsewhere to get your news. And by no means am I a news source. I don't know half of what's going on, but at least I can make you aware that you can actually look it up and hopefully go to a proper news source to find find his info but yeah it's crazy poland is there are millions of people around the country protesting this um blanket kind of ban on abortion um and people have yeah. their own opinions on it america it's a big topic uh kind of a big topic here i guess australia kind of gets it right i'm not too sure what the stance is on a lot of it um as we said earlier in the podcast scott morrison is a fucking god lover so he probably is against abortion, but um, he's, he's a part of the Hing Hillsong Church. 
Hills who recently Church. acquired uh, Festival Hall. Yeah, fuck yeah. Let's fucking talk about that. Any of you people listening to music lovers, fuck yeah. me. Right, let's start this shit. This is going to be a fucking ACP clip for you. <sighs> Hillsong Church have currently the are currently the owners and have purchased purchased one of the longest standing music buildings in all of Melbourne and Victoria and Very probably historical. Australia. Very historical building. The Beatles played at this building. Lots of bands. I think Paul McCartney came and played there by himself as well. Yeah, we're talking specifically about the none other than Festival Hall. I'm just going to bring up. I'm not sure if I actually can't share my screen, Luke. Maybe you'll have to look it up. Um, send, send it to me. Or what did you look up? No, no, just, I was just going to look up the, the actual Festival Hall building so people know what we're talking about. Um, but Festival Hall is, uh, it's part of your setting, sorry. It's part of your settings that I can't share, so you need to change that. But Hillsong Church have, have bought the, the building. You should be able to do it now. Um, Hillsong Church have bought, have bought the, um, fuck me. Let's see. Hillsong Church is currently occupying the very beloved building in Australia called, what's it called, Luke? Festival Hall. Festival Hall. Hillsong Church, Festival Hall. Yeah, Let's I'll Google this. Sorry, you, you can bring Here's it up. Festival Hall. Fuck me. Hillsong Church buys Melbourne iconic Festival Hall, which is very not many. Not many shows are actually held there locally, like small local shows, but, but big shows are, are held there because it's actually quite a large venue. There you go. Has had the likes of Frank Sinatra, LeBrace, Johnny Cash. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Justin Timberlake, The Foo Fighters, Lord, uh, Lionel Rose and Anthony Mundine fought yeah. there. John McEnroe played an indoor tennis tournament there. Forty, Here we go. Host of wrestling and gymnastics for the Olympic Games in 1955. Yeah. So, what, anyway, what we're saying is it's not the end of the fucking... Um... Event. The, 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 it's not the end of Festival Hall, but they're they're, they're going to hold the Sunday Church there, and um, they're, they're it's a risk to I guess the heavy metal industry and our not even heavy music. metal industry. That's no, no, one just less just, just, just the music industry use. in general. Anyway, it's just, it was a sad day for a lot of people to say that it's gone to a church because a lot of people in the music industry, I guess, don't believe in all that, but. Um, I don't even know how the fuck we got onto this topic. Because <laughs> you were talking about fucking Scott Morrison. And I, you he's a fucking... Being, yeah, you said he was part of your church. church. He's a part of. All right, let's fucking... Uh, let's backtrack. Okay, enough about that. If you didn't know, um, Hillsong Church has bought Festival Hall 
Um, you, you'd probably be furious if you're part of the music industry because it casts a shadow over if there's going to be concerts there in the future. What we were talking about... Poland. What? Anti-abortion laws. Anti-abortion. Fuck me. I don't know how the fuck we went from anti-abortion in Poland to because Scott Morrison. Because you started Morrison. talking about Scott Morrison, who you Jesus said he will probably agree Christ. with anti-abortion because he's a... Cheers, fellas and fellas, fellas and girls. I don't know how many of you drink whiskey, but cheers. Don't drink whiskey and do podcasts. It's fucking No, dangerous. drink whiskeys and do podcasts. That's the drink whiskeys and watch podcasts. Um... I don't know how long we've been going for, but it's been a fucking while so far. But this is the election week. Sorry if that hurt anyone in his ears. Um, Joe Biden, the president. Uh, let's continue with world news. and Let's continue with world news. A little bit um, further into a different context. Okay, so hang on. We, we started the world news with um, Sudan recognizing Israel. Yeah, we um, over that. We've gone to Poland, um, abortion laws and mass protests over there. The government is reconsidering that. And so they fucking should. Yeah. They've um, delayed the uh, abortion. Yep. They've delayed the yep. ruling of the abortion laws. Yeah. Um, and then they will be reconsidered at yep. the next, I think it's their next, uh, the next time that they all meet. But yeah, so fuck you, Poland, but uh, government, but do what you want. I guess they're so far away from us. But um, I mean, a lot of people in Australia and the Western world would would disagree with their their rulings. So uh, I mean, I probably stand with the majority. Um, Let's. Uh, should we uh, one thing on? I want to bring up is uh, Kosovo. Bring it uh, up, yeah, Luke. We'll stay in Europe. Europe. We'll stay in Europe. Uh, Kosovo's president has stood down. Um, on the on the brink of being charged, Kosovo President Hashim Thaci arrested over war crimes. Yeah, so um, uh, the Co Kosovo, which is a country, if you didn't know, uh, Kosovo is a country. President Thaci uh, has stood down for the uh, the the better benefit or the better of his country. He doesn't want to face charges of war crimes while being the president. So he stood down. He's facing war crimes for the murder of up up to a hundred people during the War of Independence with Serbia in 1998 to 1999. 98-99. 98-99 War of Independence against Serbia. Um, president Thaci of Kosovo. He stood down. If you didn't know, it's an interesting story. You can look back on the War of Independence with Serbia. Um, he very may well be prosecuted with that. Um, that that story is a long and in-depth story. Uh, Serbia plays a big role in a lot of world history. If and you didn't know, um, Gavrilo Princip, a lot of people don't know who he is. Gavrilo Princip uh, is essentially a Serbian national hero. To other people, he's not. He's a criminal. Um, he instigated World War I basically by assassinating Franz Ferdinand. That's a bit of history of Serbia. They've been around for a long time. They have a statue of him. He's a national hero in Serbia. Uh, so anyway, that's what's going on over that part of the world. Uh, well, in, in connection with what's going on in Kosovo, uh, inevitably, Trump has a connection with what's going on with, in Kosovo. Right. Um, he, 
uh, Thatchy was elected the first prime minister in 2018 and was elected president in 2016 and has many ties with the Trump administration. And uh, Trump actually helped sign a economic relations deal between Kosovo and Serbia. Trump was a, an overseer in that deal. Um, and in, in turn, Kosovo gave a, a uh, kind of a role of honor to Donald Trump as a part of kind of bringing peace within the Balkans between Kosovo and Serbia. So there you go. That's something else that Donald Trump has done that largely in connection. goes unrecognized. Yeah, in connection with everything but that's happened. In saying that, yes, uh, Thaci is going to be facing courts for war crimes. Yeah. So um, quick recap you know, of, of, of the, of world news. So we covered, uh, the Poland, um, protests, protests, anti-abortion protests, anti protests, millions of people over there. There's protests of COVID-19 in many parts of the world, UK, France, um, Spain. America, Spain, um, America. Okay. Kosovo's presidents possibly going down for war charges. Belarus is Belarus president. Um, they're massive protests over there. He's under threat. You know, Russia. Well, um, I mean, we could, we could talk about Russia as well. I know that it, most people would know this, but uh, the opposition leader was recently poisoned. Yep. And uh, it, it is believed that he was potentially poisoned by... Uh, by the uh someone well, ordered by putin or someone within the putin uh regime who and knows we then, can't um, yeah even more recently the uh a part of someone in the opposition ha recently had uh was raided by the secret police for corruption claims um let me bring it up i can't remember who it was in the opposition yeah it's, I mean, it's so crazy. Who knows how they fucking run their government over there? People complain about Australia and the way we do things here, but like the rest of the world is fucked. I mean, this is the kind of the point of what I'm trying to get over is that we actually live in one of the best countries in the world. So argue all you fucking want yeah. about the way we live here, but <laughs> Russian police carry out mass raids on opposition. Um, hang on, no, that's not the one I'm talking about. Yeah, there's there's always things going on over there. Like, who fucking knows? <laughs> it's it's a wild world, peeps. We ain't going to Mars anytime soon. So the world we live in is the one we're stuck Here we with. Here we go. Uh, Russian opposition leaders' office raided by authorities. Authorities ha in Russia have raided the officials of the opposition leader. And Vladimir Putin critic Alexei Nav Navalny. And like, could you imagine? Navalny is currently Navalny. I don't know what he's trying to say there. He's current, he, his last name, I can't know. Alexei is current. I don't just know him as Alexei. Alexei is currently in Germany recovering after a near fatal poisoning in August. Like people yeah, want to talk about in Russia were traded for uh, 
corruption, anti-corruption. People want to talk about conspiracy theories and, and they read fucking fantasy books and they talk about all this bullshit that may may or may not be true like we've got real life shit like the fucking <laughs> the the opposition leader in russia was poisoned by was poisoned and then essentially by the russian government allegedly and, and this, this like, was released this article was released <laughs> no november 6th two days ago this was released know? that his offices were raided by russian police for anti-corruption claims. It's Vladimir fucking... Putin is calling his opposition corrupt. This is a man who's had multiple officials that oppose him assassinated. Oh. Allegedly. Allegedly. This is all shit that goes around the world. And we can sit back in Australia and fucking laugh at this because we don't have it all. But well, we've got... Morland City Council had, fucking uh, rigged their election. Morland City Council <laughs> having their election rigged. No, we recently had a... a Look it a, up! Look a, it up! More. We recently had the, uh, a, uh, a Chinese national that had uh, had ties to uh, Australian politics being arrested for the new <laughs> anti-corruption thing that was set up. We've, we've got things. Uh, Senator De Sam Destiari was stood down because of he, he took payments from uh, the Chinese, uh, a Chinese oh. company that had links to the Chinese government and was pushing pro-China, uh, was trying to push pro-China agendas in our Senate. I mean, there is things going on in Australia. Dan Andrews is said to have sold out Victoria to China. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He <laughs> signed a deal that would have actually been very highly beneficial for, for Victoria with exporting things to Australia, but... Um, to, well, exporting things from Victoria to China, but uh, well, that's we the, should probably talk about that now. We, that's we, the opinion of Luke and Luke Kochi uh, uh, himself. Don't inbox me with your hate mail. Inbox I mean, me directly. We, we can move. We can move on now and probably um, talk actually, about the sanctions that are going on yeah, yeah. between Australia and China. Let's let's talk about something a little bit more serious. If you live in Australia, uh, China has placed while well, they're in the process of placing bans and sanctions on uh, australian products there's seven industries that will be impacted approximately four billion dollars worth of australian product may never be be sent out to china um the, the four billion is the number of product uh, the amount of money worth of the products that would have been sent to china of them seven industries um Rock lobster, uh, timber, I'm trying to coal. Bring it up, Luke. Definitely rock lobster, timber, coal, uh, wine. Wine is one of the big ones. They're putting sanctions on Australia because we requested an yes. inquiry into the start of the COVID-19 pandemic and where it actually came from. So Australia wanted to investigate the Wuhan and where it came from. China obviously didn't like that. And they're imposing sanctions on Australia. I don't know yeah, what the fuck Australian our government's actually doing about exporter, it. CBH was blacklisted by Chinese authorities in September for similar reasons, which was the, the reason is they're not all of the sudden after Scott Morrison called for an inquiry into coronavirus and how it started in China. Uh, all of a sudden, a lot of our products aren't meeting 
the requirements to to be uh, transported to uh, China, which includes rock lobster, timber, as Adam was saying, grain. Uh, what else have we got here? Wine. Uh, they also have cattle. That there was a uh, there was a finding that there was like uh, a ship of live cattle that wasn't being allowed to dock in China in a Chinese port because it was a uh, it was deemed it, it was there was litigation build up on there, but yet that was a big thing that was happening. Here we go. Australian industry is currently disrupted by Chinese government trade. Barley, wine, cotton, coal, beef, and and uh, seafood. Yeah, so like this 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 type of, of stuff is fucking nonsense. We have to like our some of our industries have to re rely on on China buying stuff. Like it's a fucking our joke. Wine to be honest, industry is heavily reliant on on. China buy China actually outbuys Australians on this one. Yeah, on, on yeah, Australian yeah. Wines. Like we're talking B with a billion billion dollar billion. industries just going straight to to China. Like the industry of selling to China is, is a billion dollar industry. Um, they're placing well, they, sanctions on us. Like so, they have if if they don't like something that Australia does, like request an inquiry into coronavirus they place sanctions on us the same as what america does with other countries china is placing sanctions on australia that's going to make australian life well not australian life but the economy and the and the, the manufacturing of certain things very very difficult for for very for okay. many many industries the latest strike comes as the federal government scrambles to save $2 million worth of live rock, stock, rock lobster that was stranded on a Shanghai tarmac after Chinese customs allegedly uh, alleged that the, China, uh, that the lobsters may be contaminated. Yeah, fucking ridiculous. So um, that's one of the major things that's happening um, in Australia at the moment is we're, we're facing, forget the rest of the fucking world problems, we're facing um, a, a, an economic struggle from a lot of industries uh, because China's placing these ridiculous bans on, on some of our produce. Um, insane. I don't know what the fuck our government's doing about it or what they're going to do. Uh, I mean, that, I mean it's, not a, it's not a negative thing directly on the Liberal government. It's probably nothing that they've done wrong. It's just the, the China's not happy with some of the things we're doing. At, this, at that point, what can you do? They've called for an investigation into, into what started COVID and how COVID started. And they want who uh, World Health Organization officials to go in there and investigate what happened, which... Is reasonable unless China yeah. has something to hide, and now China all of a sudden is saying that there's black beetles in our timbers and that our rock lobsters are currently uh, all of a sudden contaminated, and that our wine does not meet the standard that they yeah. are holding anymore because they've reviewed their standards. It's like it's ridiculous. It it is definitely tied in with what Australia has said, but so. It's just stuff that's going on. <sighs> Take and it with a grain of salt. The, and we on the Adam Kochi podcast do not denounce the uh, Chinese uh, communist government at all. And we highly respect their decisions <laughs> on uh, what they yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you didn't know, if you talk bad about the Chinese government, 
you're in big strife. But I'm not. We're not saying that at all. No, no. In all seriousness, I'm. It's not. A, it's, we're not hating on on the government. We're just saying that, like, we, you know, we, we're. What's his name? What's his name? We're calling on an Australian government called an inquiry and we the response of the, the Chinese government. We at the Adam Kochi podcast think Xi Ping is doing. Uh, Xi Jinping is doing a wonderful job in leading the Chinese government, and would not question any decision that he makes. No, okay, yeah, of course. There's no, there's no hate on any behalf of any country around the world, I guess. But it's just oh, crazy God. that it's, <laughs> it's just crazy that a, a country has that much power. Sorry, let me rephrase. Fuck the Chinese government. I'm for doing, sure people for in doing China that. not. As you can see, in, as you see in Hong. Have a look at what. Okay, okay. Um, Luke, introduce everyone to Hong Kong and what's happening there. I'm going to go toilet and I'll be back. Okay. First ever on the Adam Kochi podcast. I've got to fucking go for a sec. Okay, here we go. The microphone's coming down. This is going to be an assault of information on you. So Hong Kong, I think in 2017 is when it started. Let me look it up. Uh, so what's going on in Hong Kong is they are protesting their ties with China. They're saying, well, we are not a part of China. We want to be our own country. We want a democracy to come into... Uh, they're they're pro-democracy activists. And they're saying, we want democracy in Hong Kong. We do not want to be a part of China anymore. And the Chinese government, well, does not look fondly upon that because they want everybody to bend to their will and say, do what we say. And there is large, large scales that are still going on today protests about what's going on in hong kong and they want to be separate from china and they want a whole democratic system set up in hong kong Ooh. i think it's probably from I, I would say 2017 is when there was a, a big initial push now that adam's back i'll actually google it so i don't have to keep talking share it Share, share your screen if you want. Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, Hong Kong's under a fucking, sure. a fucking tirade at the moment of Chinese control. Um, well, technically, they're still a part of China. They're, Hong Kong is weird because they, they originally, they've always been a part of China, but there was actually a lease for the land out to, to the United Kingdom, which made it a colony of the British Empire. But uh, I believe in nine, around 1990, here we go. Uh, the transfer of sovereignty over Hong Kong was handed back to China in 1977 when the United Kingdom ended administrations for the colony of Hong Kong and returned it back to China. Hong Kong became a special administrative region and continues to maintain governance and economic systems, uh, separate government and economic systems to those in mainland China, but they are still a territory of China. So even mm. though they've got a separate government to uh, China, the same thing is happening in uh, uh, in Taiwan as well. Yeah, they're technically separate entities to China, but they are still controlled by the Chinese government. So even though Hong Kong has a separate government to china and has a separate political system economic structure to china 
they are still a region of the overall Chinese government. People's Republic of China, I believe, is what they call it. Yeah, Hong Kong is officially a special administrative region of the People's Republic of China. Yeah. So, like, there's been major, major, major um, protests um, and violence, definitely violence over this last year. Definitely. I think <sighs> there, there has actually been less deaths in the Chinese, or re less reported deaths in the, uh, in the Hong Kong, uh, in the Hong Kong protests than there have been in the Black Lives Matter American protests going on. As far as I know, there's been four reported deaths, which have all been protesters. Yep. So that's what's happening over in China uh, with um, Hong Kong. So again, let's, let's take a, let's take a second. 20, World 2019 news. was when the uh, anti uh, was when the pro democracy uh, started really ramping up. Mm. Okay, so we've got Hong Kong fighting against China for the independence. Independence and massive protesting, uh, massive protests for abortion in Poland. Kosovo's president is facing war crimes. Um, Belarus president is under attack with massive protests around Belarus because he's essentially a dictator. Um, and part of that story is the opposition leader is wanted by the Belarus government for no reason really whatsoever. And Russia is backing the Belarus dictatorship. Um, and then we've got the stuff happening in Australia with the ban on all of our industries against China. Um, obviously the US election, which is what we're talking about. We talked about a lot today already. And then we can move to the, if it couldn't get any worse, I mean, there's a lot more stuff, but let's talk about Ethiopia. That's one thing that I've been following. Um, uh, Ethiopia is in conflict at the moment, uh, a potential civil, uh, war with, um, I mean, you can look it up yourself. Let's just talk about the basics, Luke. But there's the Tigray leadership or the Tigray government. Um, so it says it says here, and I'm looking it up. Your camera's In an emergency away, session, yeah. Parliament declared the Tigray administration illegal and voted to replace it. Okay. Um, so there's two there's two essential governments and parties that are fighting for Adam, your camera went off. Let's turn my camera back on. Um I wasn't sharing my screen, so you won't notice a difference. But anyway, we're talking about Ethiopia. Are you sharing your screen? No, 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 no. I wasn't sharing my screen. Um so uh Ethiopia is essentially in conflicts with two separate governments um, fighting for control. It's not really, there's not really two separate governments. What happened was there was one government in control and, and the opposition held an election 
that the, the current government didn't agree to um, and then essentially fucking uh, fraud, like what fucking Trump is saying, they, they, they announced themselves the winner of, a, of an election that really wasn't truthful and are now fighting for control. Well, and, and, and it's, it's pretty telling to say that the current government, the current prime minister, Abdi Ahmed, is, has actually been awarded a Nobel Peace Prize for yeah, so a, a year ago, reforms that have been made in well, anti-corruption reforms that have been made in Ethiopia. Yeah, so a year ago, the 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 like Ethiopia is a country that has obviously got a long history of I don't know conflict. Um, is probably a good word for it. But um, actually, Ethiopia is one of the few countries in Africa that kind of fought back and was. On, was very near successful in fighting back against uh, when the Euro against European colonization. It's just yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's let's have a look. Um, some people don't don't know uh, Ethiopia is a country in Africa. In in northeast Africa. Northeast Africa. Okay, the, south of Sudan. Sea. South of Sudan, north Actually, of Somalia, are, are right on the Gulf. Hang on, Luke. South of Sudan, north of Somalia, right on the Gulf of Aden. Um, kind of next to, if you know where Yemen and Oman is, they're west of well, that. Technically, they, they surround. They 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 border Uganda, Kenya, South Sudan, and a very small country called Djibouti and Eritrea. Um, and on a broader sense, if you don't know, like they're like, you know, they're next to Sudan, who's next to Egypt, who's next to Libya, who's next to Algeria. Um, and they're a country who I, I will get their, um, uh, population right now. They're a very, very large populated country. As of 2018, they have 109 million people. We live in Australia with 26 million people. They have 109 million, okay? And and right now they're on the brink of civil war because their government's agencies are fighting against each other. They have a long history. But, I mean, the without, without going too in-depth into what's happening there, it's just another story uh, of in the world that as the US election is happening and as coronavirus is happening around the world, um, Ethiopia is currently fighting for... The who's in control of their government at the moment. Um, After an unofficial election was announced. And that's one of the big topics. They had an unofficial election late last year, which is what has kind of stemmed this, uh, I guess, not war, civil war. They're not really in civil war. They're in civil unrest. But there is fighting happening. Um, I, I did read the other day that there was airstrikes happening in that part of the world. Um, but for all of you, who think the world is all dandy, is that the word for it, Luke? Dandy, yep. fine and dandy. There's lots of shit happening. We're talking about a lot of negative things. I guess there is good things, but news doesn't report on that because that doesn't bring viewers. <laughs> <sighs> so we sit and we just lament is that the word for it correct lament on the situation of the world we have it very good here in australia 
What can you do? What else is happening around the world, Luke? Um, do we want positive or negative news? Well, let's bring some positive news to this podcast. Positive news? Do we have any positive news? <laughs> um... Jacinta Ardern got re-elected in the uh, in the New Zealand uh, yeah. elections. Well, I would imagine yeah, most people ago. would know that. Most people would, um, because they're so close to Australia. New Jersey in America recently legalized uh, possession of personal use marijuana. Yeah, that's a big um, one. Oregon has gone the extra step even further and... Um, decriminalized possession of all drugs um you will no longer it's no longer a uh, a, a criminal offense to hold I, I don't know the exact amounts but uh, they deem personal use of drugs like cocaine heroin meth um it's no longer illegal i think uh it's just a fine now like 300 dollars fine and they will assist you with rehabilitation so, I mean, take that as good news or bad news. But, uh, yeah, that's what's going on in Oregon. Um, what other good news has there been? Um, a small island in, uh, in, in Solomon Islands has recently uh, defeated a, a court case that's been going for about three or four years for a, a large Hong Kong based mining company to take over almost 60% of their Island with a, um, with, with a big, uh, mine. Uh, let me bring that one up. Cause that's actually pretty, pretty significant. Um, yeah. Bring it up. I mean, there's, there's lots of significant world, um, news topics that never get covered by the Australian news here. Yeah. Chinese redevelopment of Solomon Island Gold Ridge Mine dubbed way over the top. Is this the one that I was thinking? No, that's not the one. Excuse me for a moment. There's there's lots of um, topics. I, I generally excuse me. Uh, I generally look at the BBC. Um, Every day, yeah. I um, guess, BBC, the world topics. Guardian, I mean, uh, ABC to a certain extent has some good and, stuff. And I guess after you, you explain this, Luke, one thing we can touch on is um, the Murdoch press um, and Kevin Rudd's petitions. But we'll, 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 come to, we'll come back to that in a second. Luke, I, we'll... I did find it on my phone. Let me give it a look-see and see. Because we're, we're trying to talk about some positive things because believe uh, it or not, the media is heavily negative. Um, there's a lot of positive things that happen around the world all the time. It's not generally um, A in remote the news. community in the Solomon Islands has scored a huge victory against a large-scale mining company, Wagina Island. Here we go. Let's look that up. Yeah, bring it up. Mining is obviously a big topic around the world. Um, generally go. seen as not a positive thing for climate change. Do you want me to bring it up on the screen? Yep, bring it up. Let's see it. People can... Here we go. Uh, Wagina Island residents win bid to stop Burex mining. Burexite? 
Burexite. Burexite mining plans on Solomon Island. The island is 78 square kilometres and the mine is believed to be able to affect 60% of the island. There we go. The initial mining plans back in 2014, that's how long they've been fighting this. Mm. Stop this mining company from coming onto their island. For seven years, the residents have been trying to wow. knock back this from... You know, and this is this is where the island is. It where most are roughly two thousand people. Two thousand people on this island. Uh, due to drought, it was res they were resettled in the fifties. Hmm. Just another topic to um to 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 look up and be aware of, I guess, in the world. So there's a plus for you yeah. guys. There's a large-scale mining company that was actually, you know, fought back and, you know, denied access to their, their island. So as much as we'd like to say that, you know, protesting doesn't change anything, look in Poland. Those protests made the government, has made the government rethink their abortion laws. It's been seven years, but the people on this island have managed to knock back and stop the construction of this large mine on their island yeah uh, i mean and and for anyone who doesn't think po uh, uh the ability to protest is a good thing if you actually think protests is negative then you've got fucking rocks in your head because that's the way a uh, democracy works is that you're allowed to have peaceful protests and show uh, a show of support by large numbers of the public um no we're not talking about violent protests and and you know essentially civil fucking war we're talking about the ability to protest to show support for a certain topic against you know ruling of a government official agency um lots of that happens all around the world we've seen it a lot this year um whether you agree with it right or wrong of, of the nature of the protest you should always agree with the ability to protest the right to protest um there is a famous saying I mean, uh, Luke may be able to look it up, but I'll probably get the gist. You, you'll get the gist of it. That um, I may not agree with your opinion, but I will fight to the death to uh, for your right for your right to give your opinion. So you, even though you may not agree with yeah. someone's opinion, you'll fight to the death for them to be able to give their opinion. Here we go. Uh, I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Yeah. Exactly. And that um, is by... Probably some American guy. <laughs> or it could be the UK. Volta, Who is it by? Vol uh, Volta was, pen, was the pen name of Francis Marie Artwet. Okay. Yeah. I definitely know that That I'm saying. Anyway, that's the basis of that. Um, democracy. So you want... Oh no, here, here we go. Evelyn Patrice Hall in 1906. Yeah. A different version in France. Um, but I do not think this is authentic. Hmm. Anyhow, that's the saying. So, um, or, uh, or, protests uh, are good yeah. in, the, in, in a certain sense. Um, yeah, there, there's, there is lots happening around the world at the moment. Um, 
let's run there's, through a few. There, there's lots more that we could touch on. Well, that's what I was saying. I'll, I'll, I'll just read some headlines so that people are, are aware. I mean, anyone can look these up. Uh, Ivory Coast election, Pascal Afi Negusin arrested for sedition. Um, so Ivory Coast opposition leader Pascal Afi Negusin has been arrested for announcing the creation of a parallel government after boycotting last month's presidential election. That's in the Ivory Coast. So um, sounds the like they're at civil unrest over there. Um, you know, something to, to, to think about. Uh, let's not look at that one. Some fucking guy is actor. <laughs> Millen Solman, actor and model charged over nude photo. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> uh, UAE legal reform sees tougher penalties for family killings of women. United Arab Emirates is what the UAE stands for. The United Arab Emirates has toughened penalties for killings of women by family members as part of an overhaul of the country's Islamic laws. Let's not touch too, let's not go too deep into this, but that, that's fucking insane. Hey, uh, they're that, toughened you know, penalties of the killings of women by family members. Like, not even uh, by family members, just toughened penalties on killing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, shouldn't your penalties be tough on anybody killing anybody, regardless of women or family members? Like, but anyway, oh. we, we, should, we shall continue down the rabbit hole. COVID-19, uh, US hits record daily case rise, three days running. So more than 127,000 infections were reported in 24 hours, as well as 1,194 deaths in the US. Insane. The US is the worst affected nation in the world by COVID-19 with more than 9.7 million confirmed cases and a death toll of more than 230,000. You've done a great job. Donald Trump, you fucking idiot. That's 230,000 that plus deaths. So, ridiculous. let's move on. Uh, China sends world first 6G satellite into orbit. 6G? China, China, China sends world's first 6G test satellite into orbit. Holy fuck, imagine when 6G hits Australia. They had people are going to lose their fucking minds. 5G saying that it gave us COVID. Fucking, what's 6G going to give us? Fucking brain aneurysms on the spot? China gonna, has success. dead from 6G. China has successfully launched what has been described as the world's first 6G satellite into space to test the technology. It went into orbit along with 12 other satellites from the Tuayan Satellite Launch Center in the Shaxi province. Oh, yeah. The telecommute, uh, sorry, the telecoms industry is still several years away from agreeing on 6G specifications. So it is not yet certain the tech being trialed will make it into the final standard. Anyhow, They're sending China's, trial tech into space. Yeah, that, that's China. Sending Here's a conspiracy theory coming at you, Adam. I know. <laughs> Here we go. 6G bullshit is just them spying on the world. Oh, who fucking knows? Right. That's a hot take coming straight from the ACP podcast. Let's ACP podcast. Adam Kochi podcast. The first ever theory. 
Uh, let's, let's stop being silly. Let's, uh, let's, let's say uh, the, um, the Murdoch Press, I mentioned this earlier. I told you we were going to touch on it. Oh, yeah. um, this is a very serious thing. The Murdoch Press currently has a monopoly over 70% of the media in Australia. Uh, of heavily, heavily favouring liberal government. So look into it. I don't give a fuck if you like Kevin Rudd or not. Sign the petition. If you don't like Kevin Rudd or you do love Kevin Rudd, it is fucking regardless because it is true that the Murdoch press has a monopoly over the media in Australia. Over 70% of the readership. Yeah. Uh, Sky News and a lot of the uh, Sky programming is owned by Murdoch. Yeah. Um, actually, a recent thing that has been happening in America with the Murdoch-owned uh, publications is they're believed to be turning on Trump. I mean, how can you turn on Trump? You, sh I mean, there's a certain extent that they can back Trump, but when the result is as as you know as formal as it is, they they have to you know turn around and call certain states like Arizona for Trump, uh, for Biden. And they have to call Nevada for Biden. And you have to call Pennsylvania for Biden. I mean, when, you know, like 80% of media out outlets are, uh, are calling that you inevitably have to call it. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't think that this Murdoch press turn on Trump is an actual thing. Uh, I think that they have been forced in the position where they have to kind of report what's actually happening there's no sufficient evidence that backs trump's claims for voter fraud and if there was i'm sure that the uh that the murdoch murdoch media in the u.s would be reporting on it but 100 no there's no sufficient evidence i mean yeah so anyway the murdoch press has a monopoly in the australian media Yep. Go have a look at what Kevin Ryder has been saying. They, it is an issue. It, it directly, if you want to question America's democracy, how about fucking question Australia's democracy when we've got 70% of the media owned by one fucking company who heavily favors liberal. And if you follow liberal, fuck you because you don't get to own this monopoly. Not that I disagree with liberal, but I just say fuck you to the monopoly of the media. Fuck you, so, Rupert Murdoch. Fuck you to Rupert Murdoch. Um, we, we it is a serious issue. Uh, the Greens are going to, if you didn't realise, the Greens are probably going to heavily, heavily benefit from the coronavirus pandemic and the way that the Labor government, Victorian government, has handled it, uh, because a lot of Labor people are not going to flip to Liberal. They're going to flip to Greens. The Greens have a lot of good things for climate change and they have a lot of bad things for uh, other reasons. We won't go into that. I would um, say that their positives is their, uh, their action on climate change. Yeah. Their uh, willingness to, to adapt to... Uh, renewable yeah. energies and renewable sources yeah their downside is they do not promote a lot of economic growth in big business 
Yeah. The economy is a major thing. Um, let's not go too deep into the greens. Let's just say that. For a while. Let's just say. I kicked my camera. Apologies. There we go. Uh, let's just say the economy is extremely important. Climate change is also important. We need to find a balance. Uh, who knows what the fuck that is? People have their own votes. Um, but everyone should agree that the democracy is at risk when a certain news tabloid company, Walter Murdoch Press, owns most of the media. Well, it's not It's not so, 70% of all media. It's 70% of, it. of readership. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, paper tabloids. I've talked to a lot of people about this. I don't give a fuck if you don't like Kevin Rudd. It's not my, that's not the problem here. Forget him. He's the one leading the issue because obviously he's a very, very strong voice. Uh, the problem is the monopoly of the media in Australia. That's a very, 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 very big issue. You may as well have a fucking, like, I mean, if, if just think about it like this, if you have most of the media leaning to one side uh, of a democracy, which is what's happening, they're leaning to the liberals. When it comes time to have elections and publish uh, critical topics happening around Australia, they're, they're going to publish negative things for say a labor and labor government or a greens government and they're going to publish positive things for a liberal government and promote that and a lot of people are going to read them things and be swayed the vote's going to be swayed to them if you think that that's a good thing then you're fucking crazy and if you're a liberal person who's promoting or, or on the side of a monopoly by the Murdoch press, then just just think of one thing that well then you'd right go against your own principles because you're not supporting a free market. That true, that true. But just remember that if it can be used in your favor now, it can be used against you and in the favor of the opposition in years to come. Nothing is forever, and things can change. Um, Joe Biden is going to enforce heavier climate change on the Liberal government of Australia. Um, Joe Biden is going to enforce climate change things on the government in Australia. Joe Biden. Sorry, I shouldn't scream into the mic like that. I Joe think Biden, it's time to end the podcast. Well, I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting to that. Shut the fuck up. We're at the end of our podcast. We've been going for a while now. Joe Biden is for climate change. He is the left of America. He doesn't give a fuck. I think you should reread what Joe Biden wants to do. Okay, I should read. I reread. Ignore what I'm because. saying, people. We're at the end of our podcast here. Okay. I've been drinking uh, Highland Park 12 for the majority of this podcast. I've been drinking I'm... Glen Morangi 10. I'm kind of drunk. Anyway, I'll just finish on this one thing before we get to our finale. 
of this uh, US election special podcast that will be coming out of world news very, very soon and maybe a regular thing. If you want it to be a regular thing, hit me up and I'll release a podcast every week with Luke Kochi and Adam Kochi on world news. You can go and see it yourself on the BBC or other world news podcasts or websites. Um, Joe Biden is technically in favor of climate change and will make changes to uh, uh, go back into the Paris Agreement, which will then enforce, uh, enforce, force Australia. Mandate. Mandate um, climate change. Well, okay. Uh, Donald Trump pulled out of the Paris Agreement, Joe Biden, in 75 days, I think when he will be the president, official president, will go back in to the Paris Agreement. Uh, fuck you, Scott Morrison. He doesn't want to um, do anything about climate change. Um, Donald Trump was his friend and pal and buddy. Um, he's out. Donald, Joe Biden will be in. Joe Biden will then go back into the Paris Agreement and essentially force Australia to agree to hit some of these I mean, uh, Paris Agreement standards. Technically, Australia will hit the Paris their Paris Agreement standards. Yeah, but it's not good enough. But they need more. With, they will hit the Paris Agreement standards with points or with things that were done before the Morrison government. And he's saying, well, we're just going to carry over those things to now and say, yeah, yeah, this is what we've done to meet the agreements, which technically meet the agreements, but it's not enough. It's He's done nothing because he's kind of riding on the coattails of the people who have come before him to meet these agreements. Yeah, I, we, we, are, we are going to end this podcast in a very, very short time, ladies and gentlemen. If you are still listening, this has been a great podcast. I've had a, Luke Kochi as my guest. He is going to up? announce his socials right now, including the socials of Nona Luca and his uh, comedy show, Nona Luca, Cooking Comedy Combined. And while he's doing that, I'm going to bring up the finale of our show. So go ahead, Luke. Talk about Nona Luca and your so, socials. So um, if you like cooking, Italian cooking, and you uh, like a little bit of a laugh, you can go look up uh, Nona Luke at, uh, on Instagram, Facebook. And when this podcast is released... There will be the official Nonna Luke YouTube channel being being made live. So yeah, you can buddy. go to youtube.com and look up Nonna Luke and find all the recipes and all the videos that I've done. There will be new ones out shortly. I know I've taken a little bit of a hiatus, but they will be coming back very soon. So go and check out Nonna Luca on Instagram, Facebook, and now on YouTube. And if you want to follow me personally, I am at Luke Kochi Live on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me on Twitch TV. I will be uh, playing some video games, talking politics, talking shit at twitch.tv forward slash Luke Kochi Live. Give me a follow. Uh, I'm normally going to be live Wednesday, Fridays, and Saturday nights. So uh, 
I'll probably get on at about eight o'clock on, on Wednesday. I'll probably only do a short, short stream until probably 10 o'clock, but Friday and Saturday, I'll try and stay on and for, for a fair amount of time. So around eight o'clock, come get me. If you follow me on the socials, you'll see the, uh, the alerts pop up, but, uh, yeah, at Luke Kochi live on Instagram, Twitter, and at twitch.tv forward slash Luke Kochi live. Rightio. That's to go and hit up Luke, not Luca. He's got his Twitch streaming. Go hit him up. You can hit me up on Adam Kochi is my Instagram. Uh, you can go and look at the Adam Kochi podcast on YouTube. We've got the full uh, uh, podcast up on there, video streaming. We've got, I've got many, many podcasts in the backlog ready to come out. This is probably going to be the US election special. Um, go and follow the ACP clips. I've got all of the podcasts segmented into smaller clips. If you don't want to watch the whole thing, you can watch all of the smaller clips with their own artwork and their own heading for you. I'm doing that for you, ladies and gentlemen. I am spending the time. I'm spending the time to segment the podcasts and I'm sharing them on my Facebook, Adam Cocciardi. That's an Italian name for you right there. Hit me up, Adam Cocci, Adam um, Cocci podcast, ACP clips, hit up Luke Cocci. And before we leave, I've got one thing to share for you. It's just been sent to me hot off the press from one of my friends i'm going to share my screen right now ladies it? and gentlemen what is, what is it take a look at the screen now you've won joe and joe biden saying one, one what, what? <laughs> if you're listening you won't know what the fuck i'm talking about if you're watching on youtube i am sharing my screen right now with a picture of joe biden and saying barack obama barack obama saying you've won joe and Joe Biden saying, you've won what? This has been the Adam Kochi special. My camera just turned off and I'm going to turn it back on. We're going to say we're getting the fuck out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, until I turn my fucking screen on, I'm not going to end this podcast. So what the fuck is going on right now? I, I can't don't know. Uh, your email is still open. Don't leak. Don't leak your email. You just leaked oh, your email. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Shit. Just leaked the email. How do I stop sharing my screen? <laughs> I don't actually know how to fucking stop this what the it should be in the middle of your thing it hang on stop sharing <laughs> i did it for you <laughs> you fucking idiot oh my god i don't know what the fuck i just did spam that email spam that email oh you can spam the email <laughs> hang on peoples let's end this podcast we've got one more thing coming no <laughs> <laughs>